and this is our Thursday afternoon probateweekly.com probate call. Where we get together and talk about all things probate real estate. We have real estate investors, wholesalers, real estate agents, vendors, attorneys, principals, whether it be executives, administrators, and talk about all things probate real estate to help us all make more income and create more wealth. So sometimes we talk about how to sell property, sometimes how to get them through the process. We do a lot of interviews. I generally interview attorneys. I had one canceled last minute due to a legal matter. So um, we're going to have some, some content today. One of our regular uh, friends of the program, Winston Covington down the OC, has a question. Winston, what's going on? How can I help you real quick? Actually, not so much a question here, Bill, but just a little follow-up with the conversation that we were starting before we went you know, live here. I just got off a, a webinar with Stephen Thomas. And for those of you that know Stephen Thomas, you know he's an economist that studies the Southern California real estate market. And I think we're going to get different levels of temperature as far as who's got what kind of market in transition right now. But in Orange County and for most of Southern California, you know, we're still holding up pretty well. He measures things about days uh, with days on market. We have we have changed from a hot seller's market where we had six months ago. Three months ago, we were taking under 20 days to, to get it in escrow. If we put a new listing on the market, we'd be in escrow within 20 days. Now, Southern California has just gone over 60 days, which is his level of saying no longer a hot seller's market. Now it's a slightly advantage to the seller's market. He does feel that that will be growing and changing as we go through the year. He is anticipating this being a buyer's market by the end of the year, but only a slight buyer's market. Meaning it'll be a little give and take, a little more what we would see in the neutral market. But for Southern California, he does not see values dropping. He uh, actually sees probably somewhere more considerably around about a 5% appreciation rate. And yes, rates are, are have been going up, but they have settled down a little bit. Inventory is rising, but it's still much lower than what they were three years ago. Demand is there, it's taking a little more time. It's not as strong, but properties are still moving. So even though there's some pessimistic stuff on the horizon, we're still looking pretty good in Southern California. Well, and, and I think that, I mean, I, I, just a couple of things. I, all, I, Steven's fantastic and one of the experts in real estate. I would just caution a couple of things since my, my call. Um, caution a couple things. Number one is I'm always skeptical when somebody predicts the future because you literally have every day in Washington, D.C., massive policy fights. And it's almost like watching gladiators fighting each other and one win, one loses. And you can imagine a case where oil gets restricted more, goes up in price, causing more inflation. You can imagine where oil gets more back to where we were a year or two ago and prices come down, could be de disinflationary. I don't know which is going to happen in the future. You have to predict that fight in order to, to, to determine. But what I will say is just like a poker player can win regardless of the hand they're dealt. You can have the worst hand and bluff your way through. Or you can have the best hand and get scared and fold your cards. And what I would tell people who are professionals like me, I, I sell houses in every market. I, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a good or, good or bad market. Somebody's going to die, has to sell their house. My job is to sell it for them. And I just have to talk to enough people to get there. And I always remind real estate agents, like in my MLS, and I urge you all to look in your own individual MLSs at these stats. But if you look at the last 10 years, there's always a cyclicality uh, to the summertime versus winter. In California, we sell more in the uh, spring and uh, summer and less in the winter, always. You can see the graph. But if you look at, let's say, June of this year versus years past, in a good June, we might sell 
10 or 11,000 sales. And in a bad June, we only sold 7,000. I only need one or two or three to have a great year. So I think that we have to make sure we're clear that a lot of this information can distract us from our job. Our job is to inform our clients, inform our customers, uh, the people we work with, but it's not, I don't want to be right about it. The market's a disaster because it isn't today. I've got stuff going into escrow and I got to get some new listings on top of that. So I would just say for all of us, be careful about what you read and hear. Um, you know, it's always, it's always thinking more readership to have something dramatic than it is to have accurate. And I, I don't, I don't know the future. I could, I could give you a scenario that things would get a lot better and I give you a scenario that things would get a lot worse. And I don't know which one's right, but either way today I have a job to do and either way I can get a listing today and sell it. So, and that's just my little two cents on that. But thank you, thank you as always, Winston. Um, okay, so one of the topics I get asked a lot about is uh, phone skills, phone prospecting. I, I wanna say that this is the thing that seems to hang up most people when they start off as a, particularly as a real estate agent or investor going into a program, they want to get certified, they buy the data, they're all excited, they saw a presentation. And all you have to do is, you know, mail out postcards and make, and make phone calls and you'll make a lot of money. And I mean, in some regards, it's true. In some regards, it's obviously false that you, you can't just mail out the postcards and wait for people to call you in most competitive real estate markets. I think you can in more rural areas where realtors are more rare i'm in los angeles california one of the most competitive real estate markets in the country we can't just mail out postcards because petitioners maybe get 50 or 40 mailers a month and attorneys as well and we can't just make cold calls we have to be effective when we make those phone calls so i get asked a lot so i thought today i would cover what i, what I would uh, uh call the um well, where did i put it here there it is probate uh, prospecting skills i used to teach um, five days a week, um, phone skills. Uh, my job as a coach and manager and recruiter was I would host events locally in our offices. When we built our offices out in a bullpen style, we could stand up, have a headset, we would do scripting, we'd practice the scripts, we'd make phone calls as a group, and we invited people from other companies to come in. I was very involved in the Mike Ferry coaching at the time. That's where I patterned it after and had a lot of success with it. And I believe during that five-year period, I probably coached more real estate agents in Southern California you know, face to face on phone skills than any other coach or trainer in the industry at that time. Um, and so um, I thought today, let me ask you, would you guys be interested in going through some of the basic fundamentals of phone skills? Would that be helpful to you? Or just maybe have to, you know, because we all have to make phone calls every day. That's how we get paid. Even if you're not going to cold call for three or four hours a day, you have to have a certain number of phone calls to get through 20, 30 follow up calls or whatever, staying in touch phone calls. And so hopefully these, these skills are helpful to you as, as, to me as a reminder um so i thought i'd go through what i'm going to call the standard prospecting skills this is going to apply whether you cold call expired listings the sell by owners circle prospecting call your past client database or call probate leads i'm going to say these fundamentals will be true no matter what you do so and before i start i broke into two groups one is mindset and one is mechanics mindset of all transformation it always starts with your mindset if you're not making phone calls regularly today you want to build a big, a great business based on talking to a lot of people. You got to change your mindset first that you're that agent to make that happen, and then you'll fall through and do the things you're supposed to do. And last, I want to say this is dedicated to Beverly Morales at EXP here in LA. Uh, she, she and I were texting last night, and she has a whole posse of young ladies who do phone calling, and I'm, I really admire their courage. I wish I was still coaching in person like I used to with them. And we're going to try to put something together here in LA 
one day to do a coaching based on this material. But let's let's start from our mindset issues. Number one, there are two types of people in the world. All of us have two buckets, if you will. One bucket are the people who already we know, like, and trust, and they know, like, and trust us. You can call that your center of influence, your sphere, your COI, your SOI, your Keller Williams, your Mets. Those are people you already know. And then there's 7 billion people you don't know. Now you can sell houses to or for, and for any of those people. But here's something I'm gonna tell you. If you start with the people you don't know, your job is gonna to be to get them to know, like, and trust you. And for you to get to know and like, and trust them to get them in that first bucket and then sell them because nobody buys a house from or sells a house with an agent they don't know, like, and trust. So you, it makes no sense to start by buying data from a source to call pro, uh, uh, probate data unless you're already working with the people that you know at a deep level. You're just gonna make the process for yourself way too hard. I can't emphasize that enough. I would never recommend, I had an agent who joined my team and quit because he kept insisting, I'm not gonna call the people I already know. I know they don't like me or trust me, but I wanna call cold call strangers, but I'm not good at cold calling strangers. And I said, it's never gonna work. It's just never gonna work. You need to start with the people you already know. There are this, the rare, young, hungry people who can do that, but they're gonna maybe prospect for four hours a day and they're gonna have a much longer, harder road, but they're willing to endure that marathon. But for most, for 99.5% of realtors, you've got to just resolve yourself. Even if you wanna start in probate, the fastest way to probate are the people that you already know, like, and trust. I've talked about that on my YouTube channel about how to sell estate planning to them and, and, and endure yourself to them. So that's number one. You've got to start with the people you already know. Number two, though, your day starts with prospecting. Your day starts with phone calls. If you're going to, if you say to me, I want to start, I want to build a business based on calling uh, probates, like I did. Your day starts with that. That's got to be the first thing because you'll always find a way to put off making those hard phone calls. You'll always find a way to delay the process where you start. So whatever your workday is, everything up until your first phone call is designed to aid that first phone call. And then from there, you do your prospecting time, two or three hours, and then you go on with your day. But you've got to start with that. You can't, nobody I know makes a consistent living doing their lead generation in the afternoon. I've just never met that person. Maybe you're them. If you are, put in the chat box or raise your hand. I'm glad to talk to you about it, but I don't believe um, uh, there's anybody who does that. Um, number, and, and I want to say that your prospecting time, your lead generation time is game time. The work we do when we call people on the phone, that's where I make my real money. I make my money talking to sellers and to attorneys who refer me business. That's the real money. Most of the rest of the stuff is either can be handled by somebody else and I haven't yet figured out how to delegate it to them efficiently, or maybe I'm just doing it to take a break. But the reality is if all I did all day was talk to attorneys and home sellers, I'd make a fortune. That's really where our money is. Number three, you wanna have affirmations. You wanna tell yourself, stop telling yourself that you're not good at this. You wanna say all the time, I'm efficient, I'm effective, I'm productive, I'm profitable. You wanna think about those things all the time. <clears throat> it's really important because this is gonna to be tough, lonely work. You're gonna to talk to 40 people a day, 38 and a half are gonna not like you, are gonna say no, are gonna not be interested. And you still have to get the next day and do it again. And uh, you know, in my case, I have a wife who still loves me some days, and I have a daughter who still loves me, and a grandson who loves me, and I get up and do it the next day. You need to have at least yourself on your side. 
saying that you're good at this. And so you, whatever you do for affirmations, if you just chant them or you write them on your wall or you write them out by hand or you chant them out loud, but those are the words you're gonna be putting in your head all the time. I'm, I'm efficient, I'm effective, I'm productive and I'm profitable. Number four, we make prospecting and lead generation difficult. And there's, there's about six things that we do. There's seven things that we do in that regard. We don't know how to prospect. We're gonna talk about how to do that today. We don't know what to say. We're gonna cover that today. You have bad work habits. We're gonna talk about that today. You can't handle rejection, acceptance, or embarrassment. Well, that's something you gotta deal with. You don't track your numbers. Big mistake, we'll talk about that. You're not getting enough results. That's because you're not doing the other things and you have a fear of prospecting. We're all fearful when we start. We're all scared to get started. Even when I change from one business to another, I used to be an expired listing agent. I made about $180,000, $200,000 a year cold calling expireds every day. Calling expireds is like a knife fight. Okay, I, I wasn't scared of anything. My role play partner and I, every day we practiced, we would drop an F-bomb on each other in role play to get used to how sellers would treat us. So it's really important that you um, get a tough skin and get committed to this and not have a fear about it. Number five, our business either comes from waiting for it or finding it. As a full-time real estate agent, my job is to go out and find it every day. If I wait for it, now that don't mean that I find it by personally door knocking. In my case, I have a lot of social media and, and some systems that generate business for me, but I'm still looking for a listing every day. I had a, a few phone calls today, a few appointments today, and I have a few tomorrow. I don't have to do some of the phone calling because I've built some systems in place, but I'm looking for a listing every day, every single day. I'm not waiting for it. And when I don't have enough appointments, I ratchet up my phone calls, my outbound calls, whatever, to get more, more. But we're looking for business, and 80% of your business should be something you find, and then the 20% should come to you. Number six, the hardest phone call of the day is the first. You got to get that first call in. Once you make the first, as we call it the 10,000 pound phone, once you lift the phone the first time, now I don't use a phone, I use the headset, same thing, that first call is the most difficult, getting the motion on the first call. Most important thing. So if you're, if you're going to start lead generating at eight o'clock, be on the phone at eight o'clock. That means have your coffee before. That means do whatever you can do beforehand. So at eight o'clock, you're dialing or 830, whatever time it is you're going to make your phone calls. Seven is you want to strengthen the link between your prospecting and your goals. I'll give you a quick example. It takes about 200 contacts for one sale at about $10,000. So it's about $50 a contact, which means I earn about $500 an hour. Now, my numbers are actually a little better than that. Those are just some round numbers. But you need to figure out, you need to, we're going to get to counting the numbers so you can count your contacts to your closings. And then your commissions, you can calculate your hourly value when you prospect. That's why my, my wife has some surgery and can't drive. Or could now she's able to drive a little bit. But when she couldn't drive, she would ask me to drive her to the doctors or this and that. And I, had, I said to her, listen, honey, is this a security thing? You're not. You're not, I'm, I'm sorry, I had suggested she take an Uber. And she said, well, I'd, I'd like you to take me. I said, listen, is it a security thing? Are you scared to take an Uber? Or where you're going, you're scared to get out of an Uber because she's on a, a walker thing? Then I'll drive you, of course. Is this a interpersonal thing? You're scared and you need me to go come your husband? Well, then I'll drive you. But if it's just saving, saving money in the Uber, I make a lot more than an Uber driver, right? So I can't afford to drive someplace during the workday. 
I can if my wife needs me to. That's a different, I'm, I'm married somehow 36 years, I've hanged on to that. Um, but, but from a business point of view, I can't afford to drive somewhere, run an errand uh, for the purpose of saving $10, $15. It makes no sense at all. So you've got to figure out your numbers so now you can evaluate your time and act appropriately with your work. Number eight, always keep in front of you the idea when you talk to somebody, how can I get their home sold? Or how can I get them to make me their real estate resource for probate real estate? That's what you want to think about. And that will help you in your conversations if you're focused on the right activity. How can I help them sell the house? Or how can I be their real estate resource? What can I do for them? A couple more mindset thoughts. Number nine, everything in prospecting has to do with numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you're never going to improve. You've got to track your numbers. You've got to track your numbers. It's critical. I track my numbers every day. I get a report every week, I review with my assistants, every single number of every activity that I do. How many people are on these calls? How many leads I get? How many appointments I have? How many you know, uh, uh, contracts I send out? Number 10, you're the only person in the way of finding your next prospect who wants to sell or buy. When you sit around and feel sorry for yourself, there's somebody out there probably that you know who's looking to sell a house. You need to call them in order to get that listing, in order to get that business. So you got to get it out of the way. Number 11 is it's not about you. Sales is always about them. <clears throat> when we call looking for a listing, we're lost. When we call looking to help them and to be the resource, that's where we get business from. And then just a few more thoughts. Uh, number 12, just a few more thoughts while you're prospecting. We'll think about somebody in my market is, somebody there wants to sell today, I want to find them. Of this list of 40 families in probate, one of them wants to sell a house, I got to find that one. Every time you get a no, that means you're closer to a yes. I get it all the time people say, oh, the list of phone numbers, most of the numbers are bad. Well, that's always been the case. But I tell them, if you bought a billion dollar diamond mine, would you complain there's more dirt than diamonds? Do you believe when people buy a diamond mine, it's just a bunch of diamonds? No. A diamond mine is a deep hole of dirt they dig out and find the diamonds. At. That's what lead generation is. You get a list of probate data from probate uh, from foreclosures daily or probatedata.com or probate money or all the leads. Yeah, there's a lot of dirt in there. You're looking for the diamonds. If you figure out the diamonds before somebody else does, then you're going to win. And then lastly is prospecting is a simple process, but not easy. Simple, not easy. Don't complicate it. Keep it simple, not easy. Okay, those are the mindsets. Before I go into the mechanics, any question on the mindset regarding lead generation and phone calling? Somebody asked, how do I know who's in probate? Uh, Celeste, Celeste, you can buy data. If you go to my website, thelaprobateexpert.com on the far right of probate resources, and there's a list of data sources I'm aware of. If you go to my, 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 my website, thelaprobateexpert.com, T-H-E-L-A probateexpert.com. Any questions, raise your hand, put in the chat box on, my, on the mindset. Does this ring true for anybody? Is this, or is this just me? You want to raise your hand, Joyce? Does that ring true for you, Joyce? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Anybody else is ring true or is that in my face? Tell me, hey, Bill, you're crazy. I don't have to work that hard. I can make a lot of money by just mailing out postcards. Mecca has your hand up. Let me unmute you. 
There you go. No. Yes, I can agree with you. It's definitely a mindset thing. I, I feel like that's one of the main reasons why I haven't exceeded in my business because of, you know, that step of picking up and making that first phone call. There you go. I'm here to help you with that if I can. Listen, this is all recorded. You can listen to it again. Listen to good stuff, whoever it is, whatever flavor of motivational message gets to you, listen to that every day. Lately, I've been into Grant Cardone. I used to be into Tony Robbins. I used to be into Mike Ferry. And I would just listen to it every day. But but you can do it. Mecca, you, can, you raise your hand here. Good for you for calling yourself out on it. And uh, we're here to help you, okay? Uh, Matt, your hand's up. Let me get you to unmute. Hey, Bill, your favorite auctioneer. <clears throat> How you doing? I just over the weekend went and did continuing education with the Auctioneers Association here in North Carolina. And one of the things that they said was, well, how am I going to be able to get these leads if I don't know where to go? Well, I held up a phone book and understand that a phone book isn't necessarily the best thing since sliced bread, but I had to explain to them that there's nothing out there that's perfect. Right. You're not going to call somebody and, and immediately just get the deal, right? Right. The whole purpose behind what we do, either me as an auctioneer or as an estate uh, certified estate specialist or a probate or anything else like that, is we are salesmen and we have to make sure that our pitch is top notch. So <laughs> if we have objections or we have, well, what are you going to do for me? we can answer it intelligently without hesitation. And that's the number one thing that I have found with a lot of attorneys, that if you hesitate to answer, if they have a simple question of how fast can you turn this around, you've lost the deal. Yep. So it's important to realize that, <clears throat> like you said, Bill, you have all this dirt and then you get the one diamond don't lose the diamond because you're not selling yourself. And it's really easy to sell yourself. It's, it's just a matter of looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what objection am I gonna handle today? And then handle the objection and then get some groups to help you with it. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science, but it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's basically third grade here, I'm going to trade you my bag of Cheetos for your sandwich. <laughs> that that's the difference between what we do and what everybody else does that's all i had to say bill thank you thank you so much i appreciate that and you know i think the other part is oftentimes agents will say to me well can i pay somebody else to make the phone calls for me and i said well at the end of the day they may set appointments but you've got to learn how to convert by answering those questions and like matt said most people have a, a go-to question to blow out bad salespeople. I've had attorneys say, well, how many probates have you sold? And I sold plenty, but if I was off my game and not ready for that answer, they don't think I know enough. They're going to go on and hang up on me or not take me seriously. So you have to be able to answer that question with conviction and with heart and be ready for those kinds of questions, 100%. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to be able to be on the phone with people. You might as well make phone calls to start your business. Uh, CJ, see your hand up. How can we help you? Uh, what, what question of mindset do you have? Oh, um, thanks for having me in the group. And I, I heard you say that this um, session is recorded. How, how do I get a copy of that? Sure. Go to um, YouTube slash YouTube.com slash 
Bill Gross EXP is my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Bill Gross EXP. Okay. And I'm up in uh, Riverside County, but I'm also originally from San Diego. So nice. glad to be here. Look forward to um, all your great content and becoming a part of the community. Thanks. Are you an investor or a wholesaler or a realtor? What do you do? All of the above. Uh, real estate agent, marketer, retired veteran, um, wholesaler. And well, thanks for your service. If I can yeah, help I'm some just, way reach out, I'd be glad to talk to your neighbors. So let's let's talk some about I'm looking to help you know work connect in particular with agents in Riverside and San Bernardino County. So feel free yes, to reach sir. out if you can. Okay. I will get on your calendar. Thank Great, you. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Okay, I thought I said another hand, but it went away. So I think what I want to do next, best way to start the phone conversation. So I think um Al Medina, um, if I'm pronouncing that right, you're really asking about the script. We'll get to that in just one second. So let me let me let me go through now the mechanics. We talk about the mindset. So you gotta get your head right, you gotta get your head in the game. You have to be doing this with conviction. Understand it's gonna be tough. You're ready for the battle. Now we're talking about what are the mechanics to be effective when we do these phone calls. So the mechanics are as, let me see if I can remember this real fast. No, I can't do that. Okay, well, let's see. Didn't work. Okay, well, um, Okay, script. It doesn't really matter the actual script. A script is the outline of a conversation. You've got to know where the conversation is supposed to go to start. You know, in the in the book Alice in Wonderland, I love this this scene in the movie. In the book, Alice pops down to the underworld. She stumbles across the Cheshire Cat and says, uh, "You know, which way should I go?" And Cheshire Cat says, "Well, where do you want to go?" Which is, I don't know, it doesn't matter. And he says, well, it doesn't matter which way you go if it doesn't matter to you which way you end up. So you have to make sure when you make phone calls, you have a purpose in mind. So I'm just gonna ask real quick, what's the purpose, generally speaking, of a lead generation phone call? What's the purpose of the call? Anybody? Put in the chat box, you're gonna raise your hand if you're brave. Michelle's brave, go ahead, Michelle. The real Michelle. Well, when I talk to somebody, my purpose is to see if I can support them through a, a a turbulent process and bring them out on the other side um, so that they're happy, they have more money in their pocket, and they have a positive experience with realtors in general. Okay. So, but I would say to you, if it's working great, but if you'll be more effective, I'd say be more clear on the next step because relationships about the next step in a process. If you're on the phone with a stranger, the next step is to get to meet them. Mm -hmm. Right? Get the appointment. Now, you're right about all the other things. But you want to focus on on the next step. I think this is where we can get off track a little bit. We're not calling them to get a listing to sell the property to give them the money to fit. That's the ultimate goal. But the purpose of the phone call is to get a chance to meet somebody because that's usually as far as you can get in a relationship on a first phone call. Or My experience. Them. I'm sorry. Qualify them. There you go. Qualify them and then decide if you want to meet with them. Yeah. And, and I would say, generally speaking, in my experience, the people who say, oh, yeah, I'll sign a contract right away, those are always the worst deals just because they don't normally end up falling out. So I would say make sure. So there is a script. If you Google search probate script, there is one that pops up. Let me pull it up real fast. That, you know, this is now, I, I'm not, I didn't put this online. This is just, I just Googled this and this is what pops up. It's funny, it said, it's this is from, uh, I'm not sure whose website, uh, my outdesk actually is a VA service. 
And it says right here, it's not intended to be memorized or repeated verbatim. And the reason that is, is <clears throat> it's the outline of a conversation. Nobody wants to talk to a telemarketer. Everybody appreciates a local friend who's going to help them out of a problem. But here's the basic script. Uh, hi, this is Bill Gross. And glad I caught you. My name is, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is this uh, Mary Jo? Oh, great. I'm glad I caught you. My name is Bill Gross. And I noticed that you're a personal representative of an estate. And I put together a team of professionals just to help families who are going through the probate process. So we pull records from the courthouse and reach out to see if we can help families. Now, I didn't use this particular script. This is the one that's being taught through Probate Mastery. And then somebody took it and then uploaded it to a virtual assistant and uses the virtual assistants to call to set the appointments. To me, that makes no sense. Uh, maybe it works. I, I don't believe it's going to work because if you can't do it yourself, you can't pay somebody to do that for you, in my experience. That's a basic script. But here's what I would challenge you to. It doesn't really matter what the script says. What's the purpose? If you're there because you, because you have a list of people who filed probates, families in your area, families in LA County, families in your neighborhood, and I'm a specialist trained in probate to help families like you through the process, and I'm just going to see how I can be of assistance. That's what I said. I'm just going to see how I can help you. Because if they don't want help, I don't want to be bothered with them. If they say, I have it all handled, Great, sounds good. So tell me, is there any particular challenge you are having that can help you with? I just, you always agree, uh, acknowledge, and then come back and ask a question. You never argue with the prospect. Those are just basic sales skills on scripting, but you have to understand the conversation. If you're looking for people to help because you have services, that's one angle. Other people, you know, we buy houses, I understand the properties in probate, and we'd like to make you a fair cash offer for it. There's another way, if that's really what you want to do. So you decide what you want to do and have, have a write a few sentences out about what you want and be honest about it and authentic and own that conversation. I don't believe the script really matters nearly as much as where you come from is. But just be honest with whatever you're looking to do. Just tell them what you want, what you want to say. The purpose of the script is to, as Michelle said, I guess I left off, pre-qualify them if you want to do business with them. And if you do, the next step is usually to meet with them. Now, sometimes they're out of state so it's maybe to meet with them on video like a zoom call after you go visit the property usually also i'll drive the property take a look at it the neighbor has keys there's a lockbox there i'll just drive it and look inside it and then but i'll set an appointment at that spot for the next phone call maybe they want to talk also with their sister or brother at the same time i've done five-way zoom calls but the purpose of that call is to set the appointment uh, and then pre-qualifying them if you want to work with them or not Physical equipment, you need to stand up when you make phone calls. When I do this call, I stand up and I'm at a stand-up desk. I wear a headset because we need our hands free. I can take notes with the computer. You can't be on the phone like this. It doesn't work. Uh, you, can, you can use your cell phone to get a little headset thing for five bucks. So it's not beyond the cost. It used to be expensive. It's not beyond the cost of anybody. You don't need a dialer, especially now with technology. You can either just click on spreadsheets and have it dial for you or you can hand dial. I've used dialers. I still use a dialer for certain applications. I don't use a dialer for cold calling because in my experience, that split second delay from when the dialer hits the number to where they pick up, that just ruins the whole thing. It sounds like a Mattel marketer versus if I just dial it by hand. So I have a phone here on my left that I can dial by hand with another headset I use, or I'll click on spreadsheets and dial phone numbers that way. 
numbers. You need to keep your numbers every hour. I just use a piece of paper. I have a notepad and I just put down the date, the time, because I, I do it in a, in a block of hours. I count how many contacts I had, just a little stickman. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. And I count the number of con hours, contacts, appointments set. I don't count dials. I'm dialing way too fast to count dials. When somebody counts all their dials, tells me they want to impress me with their numbers and not really making the phone calls. Because if you're really calling intensely for an hour, you don't have the time to count your dials. Some software programs will give it to you. That's great. Some software programs will give you contacts that they're hanging up on as a multiple dial, inflates the numbers, makes you feel good. But when you hand dial, and, I, and when I do lead generation, I would hand dial off a phone. I have right here a phone set for that purpose. Um, I uh, want to count my contacts per hour. So you need to stand up. You can get a cardboard box to put your phone on, to stand up or your keyboard on. A headset, cheap, dialers not needed, numbers, piece of paper. And your CRM, you know, a CRM could just be going down the list that you print out, check off the bad, line through the bad numbers, check through the ones that you dialed, and then you can put some sort of notation next to the one that you contact, not interested, and I, um, appointment, you put some notes next to it. And then when you're done with that hour, you can summarize your contacts that way and put it into your CRM. Don't get hung up on the software. Don't get hung up on the system. Get hung up on talking to people. Your goal is to talk to as many people per hour as you possibly can. You get paid to talk to people, not paid to dial. So that's technology. Any questions on, on technology? Dial by hand is good. Yes, dial by hand is great still. And you can get, you'll get to where you can dial without looking at the numbers. Okay, next, the 333 rule. This is from Mike Ferry. You hang up after the third ring before the fourth. We don't leave messages. I've got more people calling me back from a missed call than I've ever gotten from messages. I've agents all the time who tell me they left messages. And I ask them, how many times have you bought anything from somebody who cold called you and left your voicemail? Right? I would never want that to, right, zero, Matt says. Zero, nobody does. Sounds great, doesn't work. Agents get very excited and probate. I'm gonna slide broadcast everybody and send out all these messages. Doesn't work that I know of. It's probably illegal, but certainly just, it just doesn't work. So three through three is hang up after three rings or before the fourth ring. Once you've called them three times and no response, recycle the data. Now, my first is throw it away. I say recycle it, meaning if you dial it and nobody answers after three rings, you have a list of these numbers. You put the date when you finish with the list. And then you can go back to that list 90 days or later after that. So if I finish today, June 23rd, I could pick up that list and it's recycled. Now, if you're a green person, you love recycling. That sounds really sexy, doesn't it? You put in the phone numbers you called in June, you would call them September 23rd or later. Because it's basically the same data. And what you'll find is, the people you called in June, when September rolls, oh yeah, we were out of town. Oh yeah, we were down at mom's house. Oh yeah, we we're on vacation all summer. We went on a boat trip for three months. And everybody else called them and gave up on them and you're calling them back. So I call it recycled data. In expired listings, the best expireds were always the few old expireds. Now, unless you had called the expireds and crossed out the disconnects and crossed out those that listed, you would never know who they were. But if you did your calling regularly and recycled the data, you were the only person calling after three, six, nine months. I'll give you a hint. I can't speak for all counties, but in LA County, 
the average property sells on probate two years from the filing date. And I have agents who they want to be, they call the first day that's filed. They want to be first ones and we call it 7 a.m., which is good, nothing wrong with it. But since 9% are still around six months later, they've given up on those. So that's the 333 rule. And then we've talked them three times and don't get an appointment. Again, recycle the data, call them back again 90 days later. 90 days, a, a piece of data is recycled and is fresh again. It's actually better than cold data. So what I would always tell people is first work on your past clients and influence, then work on probate. Make sure you've called everybody that you know, like, and trust within the last 90 days before you move on to new cold data. Okay, numbers. Here's what we track. You track each hour, your contacts, your leads, your appointment sets. You don't track your dials. You tally it once a week. Put in a spreadsheet. Very simple. Hours called, contacts called, leads, appointments set, and appointments attended. Then we use those numbers to count our ratios. Obviously, you can put in your dollar amount and divide it by all that. For agents I coach, I do that with them. Um, pretty simple spreadsheet. Mike Ferry has a numbers tracker. It's a more sophisticated. I think Tom Ferry has a numbers tracker that's more sophisticated. I would just use a spreadsheet personally. So the standards are you have to make a minimum of eight contacts per hour, but it's a muscle you have to build to get there. You have to average eight per hour. That's a muscle you have to build. If you're brand new, you've got to call at least three hours a day, five days a week. If you're an experienced agent and you want to build a probate business on top of your current business, maybe an hour a day for probate calls on top of what you're doing now. If you're a brand new agent, you have to at least lead generate three hours a day minimum. Okay, skills training. <clears throat> so there's role play partners. The best, role, the best way to find a great role play partner is being a great role play partner. That means being on time is being there five minutes early. You set an appointment with somebody at eight o'clock in the morning, be on the call at 7.55. Be ready to go with no distractions, your phone on mute or whatever, and don't ever miss. You wanna be a great, you wanna find a great role play partner? Be that role play partner. Then also the other way to learn a script, if you really wanna learn scripts, you can write them out. I used to write out my prospecting script every day and the key objections every day for about 15 minutes. And I have to show my coach, I have to take a picture and show it to him. So you can handwrite your scripts until you've memorized them. We can call on everything. No, nothing here. Okay, fine. Why are we here? I don't know, Lola, why you're here. We're talking about how to call and probate. If you know how to do that, then this is this session is probably not for you. Um, okay, so that's on role playing. Same. So what you want to do when you say role play partners, pick one day a week, same time for 15 minutes. No greetings, no hellos, just the first phone call, start right on your script. Get it out of the way. You want it to be intense, no visiting, no chit chat until the 15 minutes is up. And that comes before your prospecting time. So if you're gonna call at eight o'clock, your role play should be at 7.45. So you're warmed up and ready to go. And you wanna practice the role play, your objections, the ones you're struggling with. So if you say, you know, hey, uh, you know, I'm having problems with this, have your partner ask you that question so that you can answer it and see how it went. Um, always end your role play on a positive note. You can be tough with each other through the practice, but you want to end up at the end always getting an appointment. 
And also when you call, when you're cold calling, if you can't get a role play partner, don't let that stop you. You can role play on your prospects. They don't know you're practicing. They don't know that you don't know it. Next, I say the number one way to improve your skills and phone calling is record yourself. I used to have a coaching company. I would charge a thousand dollars a month. The number one most effective thing I did for people was I'd make them record their prospecting and then listen to it. It's brutal. I am telling you, it's brutal. I've done it. I do it. It's brutal. I watch my videos. I watch these videos. It's brutal. That's the only way to improve. We'll be hyper judgmental on ourselves, but it's tough. So record yourself. Most dialers have a recording built in, like Red X and Land Voice. You can use your phone and record yourself a note. If you're being coached, send it to your coach and have them critique it for you. They'll hear you. They'll hear you. The fact that you know they're listening to it, if you record the whole session, will make you be on your game more. I know it's hard. Next, efficient prospecting routine. So this is when people lead generate. When people say, well, I want to build a probate business. I'm going to cold call all the all the families, all the administrators or all the petitioners. You have to get up a specific time every day. You got to do some sort of exercise or stretching before you start. You have to have something, whatever it is you're going to eat, done before you start. You got to do some positive affirmations or positive music or something to get you in the right mood. You have a specific time. You're at your desk, ready to call. Your desk should be clear. So all you have on it is what you're working on. There should be distractions, no place for trophies, that kind of stuff. You want to role play with enthusiasm and energy and then have fun when you make your phone calls. You got to make it fun. You got to make it like a sport. Doesn't mean every minute is fun. It means at the end of the day, you have to appreciate this is what we do to make money. Um, to make your, you want to make your mornings media free. No, no watching TV, no watching the news. There's nothing worse than that. Watching the news is just like committing suicide on the uh, installment plan. No radio, TV, newspapers, emails, voicemails. Get started. There's nothing that will happen before noon that you can't deal with. If the house is burning down, I tell my wife, call the fire department. If there's somebody with a gun, call the police. You can only do so much. Today, we had a helicopter overhead, and I do take a break every... 50 minute mark, I take a five or 10 minute walk outside. We had a helicopter over our house. Okay, whatever. Walked outside, saw the helicopter, went back to my house. I live in Los Angeles. You want to start your prospecting at the same time every single day. Critical. Now, if you, if you go someplace to prospect one day a week, you got to do the same thing at your home office or your regular office the other four days a week. Um, most of the, of the distractions that come up during prospecting time are self imposed turn off your phone. My phone stays on mute almost all the time. I have no notifications that make audible noises. And then my voice uh, on my computer, I turn that to silent as well. Make it so there's no distractions. Well, somebody is in the chat, not very happy. Joyce to everybody. Oh, okay. And then last, turn off your phone, your computer, your alarms. This is money time. This is where we make our money. Okay, so those are the mechanics a phone call prospecting. Some dry stuff here, but here's the thing. This is how I make money. This, uh, now I do, I, I can appreciate that if you're a successful agent and you don't wanna make phone calls, this wasn't the call for you, I appreciate that. Uh, and I had somebody put that in the chat box. Okay, fine. Uh, if I was probate training, I, I'm gonna tell you, I host this call. I host Chad Corbett's probate master call on Tuesday. I attend all the leads. Uh, they had a call today at noon. I saw, Winston, I think you're on it today or you're generally on that as well. Right. 
I, I'm, on, I'm on coaching and training with probate, uh, real estate agents, investors, I'm sure as much as anybody in the country. The, these questions come up all the time. Uh, what script do I use? How do I handle objections? And it always comes from not making the actual calls. They'll buy the data and not make the calls. I have people every day I listen to on this call say, I bought the data for six months and I never made a phone call. Just today, the guy said, I mailed out the postcards for two months, never made any phone calls. That's just like burning money. So I'm sorry if you mastered this already, this wasn't the call for you. And I hesitated to really talk about this, but I just kept hearing this question, this pain point, this challenge come up over and over again. I wouldn't talk about it today. So that said, questions, comments. Let me go back to the chat box. There's a bunch there. What's the best place to get solid training on support people through the probate process? I would say probatemaster.com with Chad Corbett. He, I believe, has the best come from being of service to people than anybody else in the industry. Probatemaster.com. I do coach for him, but the actual program he created is an on-demand program. Phenomenal. That's what I took. I took it before he started that company. He, he was with alltheleads.com. I think they do a good job also. I think Chad's coaching is better. Um, the best way to start the conversation, again, depends on what you want to do. If you're an agent, if you're an agent, you want to tell, be upfront with what you're doing. I personally, I've created a team of people with a variety of services to help families from probate. I'm advancing money, lending money, clean out, trash out, anything to do with the property, helping them find the right attorney. How can I be of assistance to you? That's real for me when I say it. It's not a script. What's real for you? What are you trying to do? and offer that. And I think that if you don't have that script, you're not clear on your value proposition. That's the problem. It's not the script that you're not clear on your value proposition. Um, uh, Renee answered correctly. It's again, appointment in front of them. Absolutely. Um, and Katrina said, it's important to meet people in person. They may be right fit. That is definitely true. Though I do make money from people who aren't the right fit. Part of it is being versatile. One of the things I've learned is you can be right or you can be rich. I try to be rich more than I'm right. Um, okay, down by hand is good. Yes. Uh, Michelle says she thought it was probate training and she knows how to cold call. Okay, I'm sorry, Michelle, if this wasn't for you, but I, again, I just come across this question all the time from people I talk to. Uh, Lola says, where's the list? I put into the chat box a link on my website, which is, um, I'll put it again, data sources. So that's the list of all the data sources I'm familiar with. If you know of another one, um, please let me know. If you have experience with any of them, please send it to me and I'll do my best to, um, to uh, update my list. Uh, how do you find the phone numbers? You buy the data. I just put the list of those vendors in the system. But generally, on most counties, when you file probate, there'll be the phone number of the attorney and or the petitioner. And their services will take the petitioner, the client, and they will skip trace or cross-reference to get the phone number and sell that as well. Alltheleads.com does that. Um, Probates uh, Daily does that. So there's different services, depending on what county you're in and, and where you are, um, that you have to look at those services. If you have questions on that, come back or go to, uh, go to the chat box. And for everybody here, I have a Facebook group, Probate Experts, in Facebook. Um, and I'll put the link in the chat box. But it's a great place to ask these kind of questions because if I can't get to them right away, it seems like we have some, some friends in our group here helping people um, with that. So feel free to ask uh, questions in the, in the Facebook group if I can't get there. Um, let's see. 
Miss P asked, we can call in anything. No, nothing here. Okay, I'm sorry, uh, Lola, you felt that way. And again, the, most people who are in probate, they struggle with the phone calls. Um, Katrina, yes, it's hard to listen to yourself for sure. Um, Matt says, looking at the phone book for state attorneys, family attorneys, absolutely out of the phone book or, or Google them. I, I'm actually, I, I go another step, which is I'm looking for those that are in social media. So I'll go to YouTube and search estate planning Los Angeles, probate attorney Los Angeles. And, they're, and I see they're struggling with, with uh, their social media and I'll offer to interview them or help them with social media. But yeah, obviously everybody's information is available. And Matt makes a good point. It's not hard to find their full sources. The families who are in probate, that's data that you can buy through various data services. Um, Patty, yes, smile, dial and make a pile. Absolutely, thank you, uh, Chance. And um, you're on your wife's computer, um, why it says Patty. Yeah, Zoom is kind of crazy, but yeah, Chance, definitely smile, dial, and make a pile. I would agree with you. All the above is common sense. If you want to pay your monthly subscription to something not guaranteed, go ahead. Um, okay, I'm not quite sure what that means, but um, for data, I would say it's good to have the probate data, not just even to get the phone numbers, but for me, I took the data and figured out which the trainers were actually doing business versus those who weren't, because you'll see attorneys advertise for probates who do one a year and then you'll see other ones you never hear of who do 20 probates a year and which ones do you want to be marketing to so the data has other value also i'll get people who call me investors and i can look up the probate case and get information on the case because of the data so um good could you find it valuable thank you i appreciate that but it's not for everybody and i also appreciate that um matt eighteen thousand dollars in mailings not a single phone call um, meaning you mailed out $18,000. I hear that a lot. People mail out. And then you need to mail five and six times to get a, a response. So if the dollar piece, five and six times a thousand leads, you talk about thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, Lynn says, where to start? It's challenging. The, I would not recommend probate for somebody who is starting out because it's more complicated on selling the house part. Unless you're working with somebody who can help you with the with the actual operation of the probate, you can have a you you need to, especially if you're new, you need to have your database down tight of everybody you know, like and trust before you start in real estate to launch yourself. Everybody know who starts new and, and makes some money in the first year or two, focus on the people they already knew, like and trusted, and, and can remember that in some big business. Um, okay, Joanne, it's a challenge, and so role playing with an agent who's in probate master. Good, I'm glad to hear it helps you. And let's um, hope that works out for you, helps you increase your business. Best place for phone numbers for probate filings, Diane. I think I put that in the chat box. That's on my website. There's a list of data sources. Um, I'm able to explore, no idea where to begin. Yeah, it's challenging where to, where to start. I always tell people if you're in the business already, you want to market to your current client list about estate planning and avoiding probate. That's the place to start. If you're new in real estate, you want to start with everybody you already know, like, and trust. And you can use probate as an area of content to share with them. But the odds are you're going to find something else to sell them besides a probate case, because that's just how that works. Um, local obituaries. I don't recommend obituaries. The challenge there is somebody died. They may not own real estate. Um, and that's a tough phone call. Hi, I see your dad died. I'd like to sell his house. There, that data is what we call pre-probate. There are people who market it. I don't know anybody who's calling pre-probate successfully and building a business in it. I think attorneys do to get probate cases, but I don't know about calling obituaries. Again, I wouldn't worry so much about, 
I would go to what people are doing that's working, Katrina. It depends on what area you're in, what, what market you're in. Um, if you're in a big market, there's a lot of business. If you're in a small market, um, it's more personal and you want to develop relationships. Um, okay. Uh, Sherry says it's great information. Thank you, Sherry. I agree with you. Um, Chris says, maybe probably at least have different needs. Somebody, you know, Christopher, you're 100% right. People have different needs. Sometimes it doesn't refer, uh, re uh, respond in a listing. But what I do find is when I help people, it comes back to me some way. And, and it, it's always worked out to my benefit. Um, Herschel says he gets the leads from the legal paper for notices in your area. That is a great source, Herschel. Uh, part of the process of filing a probate is you have to advertise the, the probate case publicly. And so there's certain newspapers in every area that have these what are called legal notices. And oftentimes they have them online, you can scrape it online or you can pick up the paper and, and in the back will have who's filing it, their contact information sometimes. So definitely that's a good source, Herschel. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Patty asks, anybody say affected the mail letter once we have a probate lead? Um, any particular wording? Uh, Patty, I'd refer you to alltheleads.com. They have, not only do they have data, they also have letters pre-made. You can actually order their templates and send them. But what I would say is I would never mail anything to anybody that I'm not calling before and after. I'll call them before so you can, the ones are bad phone numbers, bad addresses, you can pass them off your list and not mail to them. And you want to call them afterwards because it's very expensive to mail. And I wouldn't mail to somebody who wasn't always calling. But if I mailed them a piece and then called them afterwards, there's a possibility to say, oh yeah, Bill, I remember you sent me something in the mail. So I would definitely only mail to people on call. Um, so you have to integrate those two. All of these is a good job, I think, of integrating those two. How many hours a day can you make before you burn out? I would say generally in the morning, eight to 11 or eight to 12 is about the maximum you can do consistently over time three or four hours. I know there are people who do more, but there are people who run marathons um, as well. But I would say, generally speaking, start with an hour, then add two. Uh, and then if you get to three, that's fantastic. But past that, you're going to burn out. And then generally, you want to make your phone calls in the morning, and then you have your appointments in the afternoon. Why do probates have to be advertised? Um, you know, the idea is that somebody died. And in many cases, you're saying, uh, you know, the, the state wants to transfer ownership of this asset. Is there anybody out there who has a claim on it? And uh, so one way to make it fair is to force people to advertise it. And that way, if there's somebody lurking out there, an ex-wife or a child, uh, they'll get notified um, of, of this process going on. So um, almost all states require formal publication of probates in some sort of newspaper though today newspapers are online and it has it serves the same purpose um okay last questions let's see on, online but rose says it's great thank you rose i agree with you uh somebody said and i agree that once you get started it gets easier the key to phone calls i know it sounds overwhelming to some of you and again i know this is a tough topic it's tough if you or make your phone calls who wants to hear about this um, but i just gotta tell you it's heartbreaking people who struggle in this business and they and they sign up with companies and they fill out their social media and they get their CRMs and they get their business cards and they get their brochures. They just won't pick up the phone and call people. And that's what we have to do as agents. And if you don't call people outbound, when you do get the occasional inbound call, you're not good at it. When you call outbound, you're so good, you're like a hungry tiger that that um, hunts every day. When somebody unsuspecting walks by you, you're ready for it. 
And so I do think it's important, particularly if you're in a build mode and we're in a transition, I think in the market, we all have to be in a build mode right now, either to, to survive or to thrive. I mean, I'm, I'm doubling down on my investment, my business. I'm working as hard as I have uh, in the past uh, because I do think there'll be a transition to the age of leaving the market. And it's a great chance for me to build a bigger business so that inevitably when the cycle comes back, I'll be in a better position. Okay, last call, questions, comments, raise your hand in the chat box. And uh, on Zoom, you can put a uh, reaction, you can raise your hand if you wanna do that. I don't see, I think I've covered everything on the online services. Again, I know this is a dry topic for some of you. I'm hoping this call today is for the one or two of you out there who are struggling. And the answer is you gotta do the work. It's simple, not easy, but if you do the work consistently over time, you can have a life-changing experience in real estate, either as an investor or wholesaler or as a real estate agent by finding people need your service and working hard to give it to them. So that's why we did this today. For normally, next week we have an attorney schedule. We'll go back to our more normal cycle. But I really want to encourage you, uh, again, uh, this is for the person out there struggling, and I, I've had a handful of them approach me, and I want to kind of get this on video. So hope it's helpful. Hope for rest, the rest of you, like Winston and me and, and Matt, Hopefully it's a reminder of some of the fundamentals. It forced me to kind of review them myself as well. So hopefully we'll all benefit from that. Thank you guys. I do this every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. On Facebook, we have a group, Probate Experts. It's free. You can go in there and ask questions anytime. There's other people who answer. We have about 850 members now, so appreciate that. These calls are, are live streamed and recorded on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash Bill Gross EXP is my YouTube channel. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, everybody. And as always, make today your best day ever. Thanks so much.